Good afternoon, church. I am really pleased to bring you this afternoon the first in our um, series leading up to Christmas, our Advent series. And I'm going to start by reading that verse in Isaiah 9, verses 6 to 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. You know, today I'm going to bring you a message on the first of those titles that Isaiah um, gives, which is Wonderful Counselor. I've got three points I'm going to talk about the wonderful counsellor prophesied. I'm going to talk about the wonderful counsellor in the Jesus actually coming to earth. And I'm going to talk about the wonderful counsellor in the present. So prophesied, I'm talking about Jesus when he came as something in our past and wonderful counsellor in our present. Isaiah lived in Jerusalem uh, before the Israelites were exiled to Babylon. And he warned the corrupt leaders of the time that judgment was coming. The leaders' rebellion was going to come at a cost, and he prophesied judgment, but he also prophesied hope. Isaiah spoke of this messianic king that was to come, that was going to rise up out of the remnant, that was going to rise up out of Israel. In Isaiah 11, it says, A shoot will come from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and of power. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Isaiah believed that God would keep his covenant promises with Abraham. And he spoke of not only judgment to come, but of this hope, of this wonderful counsellor, this everlasting king, father, this mighty God, this prince of peace. Israel at that time um, would take counsel from their leaders. But as we have read, as we have heard that Israel was in rebellion, the leaders were corrupt, and so the council was not good. It was far from wonderful. And so when Isaiah brought this message, prophesied this message of judgment to come, I'm sure it was so important that the hope that he also gave in that word, wonderful counselor, those words, wonderful counselor, was a hope for the Israelites that there were better days to come that that messianic king that they hoped for was coming and he would be a wonderful leader, a wonderful advisor, a wonderful counsellor. I looked a little bit into the Hebrew words um, and I think what I concluded is that wonderful counsellor is a good translation of the Hebrew words. You know, sometimes we see that there's a slight difference in the translation, but it it concluded that Wonderful Counselor was a good translation of these words, but that it didn't describe um, what a person actually does, what, what that, but actually the innate qualities 
of that person, the person Jesus that we're talking about. So the wonderful counsellor, it, it talks about and reflects the qualities of a person, the qualities of this Messiah that was coming. I guess we could equate it to a, a leader in these days that we would look to their qualities. Do we want to follow that leader? Are they operating in integrity and with wisdom and with patience and with kindness? You know, these qualities that we would look for in a good leader, in a good um, maybe business manager, maybe school teacher, whatever it might be that, that is leading you, but you would look for these qualities. And the Hebrew translation of wonderful counselor, I think is really talking about these innate qualities that we were gonna, that they were going to see in the Messianic King, in, in the form of Jesus as we see him um, be born. He would become this wonderful counselor. He would carry these qualities in him, in his personality and character. Israel needed this hope to carry them through this period of judgment, this period of what ended up being exile to Babylon. And thank God for godly men at that time, like Isaiah, who preached that message of hope, that remembered those covenant promises that God made to Abraham, that sought the Lord for a message at that time. And he brought this message of hope of a, of a king that would come, holding out hope, upholding a kingdom that would be ruled with justice and righteousness. And so this wonderful counselor that Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah chapter nine, this child that would be born, you know, he was the hope that the Israelites held on to through those difficult times of judgment. My second point is then how we see the baby Jesus being born, just as Isaiah 9 states, that wonderful counsel that was born in our past. But that's my point, my P for my second point, my, the wonderful counselor in the past, Jesus the baby born. You know, at that time, the Jews believed that the messianic king that was to come was to be born from the family of David, probably a military or political leader. He would rule as a king and he would bring everlasting peace to Israel. But yet, as Isaiah 9 prophesied, we see this baby born in a manger, born to a poor family, who never became the king of Israel as they anticipated. He did not fit their expectations. Yet that prophecy that Isaiah brought unto us, a child is born, was fulfilled. And this wonderful counselor was born into this earth, God in human form. John 7, 46 says, the temple guards told the chief priests and the Pharisees, no one ever spoke the way this man does. In Luke 2 and verse 47, when Jesus was, went to the temple for the first time with his mother and father, we know the story of how they left, they're on their way back home and they realize Jesus is not with them. They go back to the temple and they find him there um, speaking. And and in verse 47, it says, all who heard him were continually amazed at his understanding and answers. He was a wonderful counselor. They were in awe and wonder of his counsel, of his adv 
advice, his leadership, his, the words that were coming from him. Matthew 7 and verses 28 to 29 says, Jesus had been, um, Jesus had been out preaching about many things at this time. This, these words come after he had spoken about many different things. And it said, when Jesus finished speaking, the crowds were amazed at what he taught because he had been teaching them who was as one who possessed authority, divine authority, and not as the scribes did. You know, the teachers of the law, they would quote other rabbis to support their own teaching, as, as we do. Um, but Jesus, he spoke with divine authority. There was something different about his counsel. He was indeed a wonderful counsellor. You know, he taught many things that were counterintuitive to our human minds. His counsel was and is today challenging, but it's pure, it's full of pure justice, righteousness. It's built upon these things. In Matthew 5 and verse 4, Jesus taught, blessed are those who mourn. In Matthew 5 and verses 11 to 12, he said, rejoice and be glad in persecution. Luke 6 and verse 27, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. His counsel was mind-blowing. You know, it was counterintuitive to what, what we would think. He challenges people with his counsel. But I take us back to Isaiah chapter 11 and the second part where we spoke of that seed coming up out of Jerusalem. And in the second part there, it says, he will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of this earth. This wonderful counselor, thank goodness that he does not judge by what human eye sees or by what the ear hears but he sees our heart. He sees what we have been through. He sees our different situations and he will judge us with righteousness and justice. Fairly, he will decide. And I thank God that we serve a counselor, a leader, Jesus, our Lord, who sees beyond what our human eye sees, who sees beyond what we hear. You know, so often with people that we come into contact with, maybe the behavior, the language, what we see is just the tip of an iceberg sometimes of what is going on under the surface, what's going on behind. But thank you that our wonderful counselor, Jesus, he judges with justice and righteousness fairly. He sees our heart. So let's love our enemies and do good to them. Let's rejoice and be glad in persecution because our perfect counsellor has given us this counsel, has given us this advice. When he walked this earth, these are the types of things he was saying. There's so much more there in the gospels to read through and to hear that sometimes is challenging. Some of the things that Jesus spoke about is challenging counsel, is challenging advice to follow. But as we draw close to him, as we accept him as our Lord and Savior, we know that his counsel is wonderful. We stand in awe of him when we see all that he is and we see all that he has done for us.
And so, you know, he came to earth, he fulfilled that prophecy. Jesus in human form, sorry, God in human form in the um, image of Jesus, he came in our past. But I believe that that wonderful counsellor is also here in our present. You know, if you don't know Jesus today, get to know him. He is not just a historical figure. He is not just something that we can read of in the Bible, but, but not understand who he is for ourselves. He is here. He's in the present. He sat right now at the right hand of the Father, but scripture says how God, Jesus, when he left this earth, he asked for the Father to send us another counsellor, the Holy Spirit, to help us, to guide us, to be our helper. So God in all forms, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, he is our counsel, he is our guide, he is our advisor, and that wonderful counsellor, he is here in the present, he is available for you today, he is available for you to come into relationship with, invite him into your life. Honestly, his counsel is wonderful. Because of Jesus, we can have a relationship with God the Father. You know, in this age of increased awareness around mental health and well-being and need for support, many people are turning to therapists for counselling. And I am an advocate for more discussion around mental health and well-being and reaching out for help around our thoughts, our emotions that we may be feeling. There is a, a wealth of help available out there. A therapist friend of mine I asked her about what this wonderful counsellor um, meant to her when she heard it. And she stated that as therapists, we are taught how our view of the world is influenced by our experiences and what we are taught. And as a therapist, I can, she said, I can help or I can hinder the counselling process because of her own stuff, of her own views. And she said it can get in the way of and sometimes even sabotage the work if I, if she communicated in any way that something that somebody had shared with her or consulted her on um, scares her or offends her or she, or she feels shame over. Sometimes as human therapists, she said, we get it wrong. But Jesus absolutely accepts us where we are. He loves us and conditionally you know when we come to him with our thoughts with our feelings with our worries he is the wonderful counselor who will give us will draw close will hold out hope will spur us on so 100% if you need to reach out for help in human form then please come and speak to one of us, email us on community at bethelnewport.co.uk. We want to help signpost you to appropriate help because we don't want you to feel that you're in this alone. This has been difficult times. You know, life is quite often difficult, but these times we're walking through at this moment with coronavirus and the isolation and separation from loved ones that people have felt, it, it has heightened these issues. So please feel free to get in contact with us, reach out for help. We want to support you as best we can and signpost you appropriately to get that help. But first and foremost, today I want to talk to you about this wonderful counsellor who is always there 24 seven 
He doesn't cost a penny. You know, he is there on tap to draw close to, to glean hope from. Um, he is that wonderful counsel that loves you unconditionally, is not scared or shamed or embarrassed of you. He's not ashamed of you. He understands all that you are feeling right now at this time. As we draw near to him, Jesus is whispering, don't give up. Go on, try again. You remember there was a story in the Bible about when Jesus had been out in a boat, he'd asked Simon to take his boat just a little way out from the shore and Jesus was preaching to the crowds. And when he had finished, he spoke with Simon about what he was a fisherman and he spoke to him about casting his net. And Simon said, oh, you know, we've been fishing all night. He was discouraged. He was tired. He was like, oh, we've been fishing all night. Why would we want to go out and cast our nets again? You know, what's going to be different this time? But Simon Peter, you know, I, I believe that he respected and he, he knew Jesus. And he said, nevertheless, if you, if you say so, we will go out and we will try again. And we know the story that he went out and as he lowered his nets, so they were filled with fish and he pulled in a great catch. You know, as we draw close to God, sometimes we may be tired. We may be discouraged. We may have had enough. But as we draw close to him, we will hear him whispering, go on, try again, don't give up. And I encourage you, keep going, try again. Claire Seymour is studying a master's degree this last couple of years. Um, and she's learning a lot about therapeutic care. And this week we were chatting over text and she told me that one of the biggest things that she has learned over this period of time is to help people to hold on to hope. How can we hold on to hope for other people if they, even if they don't feel hope for themselves, how we can do that, sorry, how we can hold on to that hope. Even if they don't feel any hope, we can hold it for them. It means they don't have to try. We can encourage them. We can try and fill them with hope to keep going, to keep carrying on. You know, Jesus says, take hold of my hope. I'm holding it out to you. I'm here. Don't give up. And as we draw close to him, he fills us with hope that we can then hold on to for ourselves. Matthew 11 verse 28 says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I love the way the message puts these verses. You know, in those days, I know the, the older versions, they talk of a yoke, but I love, I love the way that the message puts it here. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You know, this is the type of counsel that I want in my life. If I were to seek out a human counsellor, there would be characteristics in that person I would be looking for. 
patience, kindness, non-judgmental, all these things, understanding. But right here, Jesus speaks to us as our wonderful counsellor. And he says, come on, I'm holding out hope to you. Come learn from me. Come walk with me. Let me teach you how to live freely and lightly. But you know, with all counsellors, earthly counsellors, I think they would say they don't have a magic wand. If we go and speak to them and we, we go for some help, some therapy, they haven't got a magic wand that they can wave over us and make everything go away, whether that be past hurts, whether that be past traumas, whatever it might be, they cannot blot it out. Um, they need us to work with them as they give us skills, as they maybe give us challenges to think over. They need us to work with them in order to reap the benefits of that counsel. And that is what Jesus is saying here. We need to walk with him and work with him. You know, we've got some work to do in drawing close to him, in getting closer to him, learning from him how to walk freely and lightly. How many of us run to many other people when we are feeling down, when we are feeling like life is tough? How many of us are quick to run to other people? I'm guilty of it. You know, uh, I think so many of us will pick up the phone to talk to a friend or perhaps we'll just go into our own thoughts, into our own selves. But this verse here says, come on, come away with me. Come and walk with me. Take some time away with me. And how might that look? You know, for me this week, I had quite an overwhelming couple of days. There was quite a lot going on. I was preparing to speak. Last week, we had quite a bit going on. And there was just one day by 12 o'clock, I thought, whew, my head is going to explode. There had been a series of events that had just felt quite overwhelming. And I'm not going to lie. I picked up the phone. I spoke to a friend. But I knew that I needed that day to get some space with the Lord. I needed to get away and just take time to be with him. And so I, I've taken up running recently. And so I got my running gear on. I got some worship music into my ears and I just went out for a run. It was pitch black by the time I got to go out for this run. Um, but just seeing the moon, seeing the stars, having this worship music and just releasing everything of the day onto the Lord, just talking to him about it. I didn't even have to say too many words, just worshiping. You know, I had one ear out of my headset because I was conscious it was dark and I didn't know who was around and I'm singing at the top of my voice. But, you know, this was running to him, getting away from to, with him and just putting on him what, what was troubling me and learning from him how to navigate that so that next time that situation comes, hopefully I can um, manage it a little bit better. 
but it's okay. We're all going to get overwhelmed. We're all going to get a bit uh, hair pulling out days. But, you know, as we learn, as we learn these unforced rhythms of grace, hopefully each time these situations come up, we can learn how we can navigate them easily with the Lord with us. Not easily, but better. <laughs> um, this year I've been reading the Bible cover to cover. I'm currently just finishing up the Gospels. I'm a little bit behind. And I would say that in the past, I have always tried to take the pressure off myself and other people on reading large portions of scripture. I think as a young Christian, I felt that pressure. I felt like I was constantly letting the Lord down if I didn't spend time with him reading extensive pieces of scripture. And I would say to people, just take something, anything, stick it to your mirror. That was always a classic one for me. I'd be like, write it out, stick it to your mirror, meditate on it, look over it. Um, and I stand by that, that in different seasons of life, you know, we need to adapt our worship to fit in with young children, busy workloads, whatever it might be. But I have to say this year, as I have committed to reading the Bible, it has been so nourishing for the soul. It's absolutely nourishing for the soul. And it has really challenged me as life moves forward, you know, as we start to pick back up into a busier period, a pace of life, maybe, as we're coming out of um, these stronger lockdown positions, but to prioritise that reading of the word. It is nourishment for the soul. God loves us. He wants to be in relationship with us. That wonderful counsellor, he wants us to be walking with him. He wants us to be close so that he can whisper to us, come on, try again. Don't give up hope. He is that hope for this world right now. Life has not been easy. There are difficult things that we see on our TV, on our radios, but this wonderful counsellor, just like he was the hope for the Israelites back when Isaiah prophesied the coming of this wonderful counselor, just like he was the amazing, wonderful counselor that he was when he walked this earth. Jesus is here right now in our present. He is still the wonderful counselor. He is still the best counsel, the best advisor, the best, um, yeah, advice on how to best live our lives. And it may feel counterintuitive sometimes to the natural, but I know that as we apply these biblical principles, then we see the fruit. We feel that hope in our spirit. We feel encouraged as we draw close to that wonderful counsellor. So thank you to God that at this time, we have been able to be the recipients of this wonderful counsellor, the sacrifice he paid for us at Calvary, that he came to this earth in the first place in human form. Thank you, thank you, wonderful counsellor. And I encourage you, keep him here in your presence. If you don't know him, speak to somebody about him, get to know him, let him into your life, walk with him, take a rest with him, let him meet teach you these unforced rhythms of grace and keep company with him so that he can teach you how to live freely and lightly. Thank you, wonderful counsellor. You know, I just wanted to end today with prayer.
Um, and I want to pray for you today if you are going through difficult times emotionally, mentally. Um, I think many people are. And I just want to pray a blessing over you as we close this service and, and invite you to get to know Jesus. So, Father, I just thank you for who you are. I thank you, wonderful counsellor, that you came to earth in human form as a baby 2,000 years ago. And as we celebrate and remember that at this Christmas time, Father, I pray that many will turn and know you. Father, I pray for brothers and sisters who know you but are going through difficult times. Father, I pray that they will hear your whisper saying, hold on, try again. That Lord, that they will feel your hope held out to them. Be with them now wherever they are, Father God. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you that you love us with an unending love, unconditionally, unashamed. We are your children. And wonderful counsel, I pray that your presence will be with us, that your Holy Spirit will guide us, that you will lead us, that you will draw close to us as we draw close to you. So Father, I pray a blessing over every person listening. In Jesus' name, amen.